Welcome to The Sport Project. It is another great Tuesday and I'm joined by some amazing people. My name is Renee Gartner and we have Carlo, Sash and Chris. Uh, welcome to the table, guys. How are you? Hello, Renee. Hello, buddies. How are we? Yeah, not bad. real shit last week because you wasn't here. Oh, you would have gone, actually would have gone for a lot longer, I reckon. Well, <laughs> good chat. Someone just farted in my pants and it fucking stinks, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's the kind of content stick. that we're going to be bringing you today uh with all these boys obviously we've been uh practicing and rehearsing for a couple of weeks and we're hoping this one is the one that's going to be going live but it just depends on if comments like sasha's about farting in his own pants is going to be what we expect uh for the rest of the week but he does have a candle there scented we're going to be talking all things combat sport mike tyson how can we not talk about that the ufc they called it murder island the NRL, there's been rule changes. There's been saying no to injections. Players getting stood down. The anti-vaxxer theorem. And, of course, Ricky Stewart saying uh, we're going to be stealing everyone from rugby union because that game is just going to absolutely dive. MotoGP um, and, of course, some UK sports if we allow Carlo to speak for any longer than 30 seconds. Ooh. But let's take it all the way back to where I eventually well, started to kick off. Mike Tyson, please tell me you've all seen that bloody video. <laughs> Shut up. He's 53 years old. Have you seen the weapon on them pads? Who, who in the right mind would put that body pad on for a start? Absolutely got... not. I don't know if you saw one of the videos, the trainer just like walks it off. As if you, yeah. know, when you get really hurt and pained, you just like, I'll just walk it off. He's got, he's got 20, years of pent up, 20 years of pent up aggression there. There's, there's just been unloaded. On, on, on a trainer that weighed about 12 kilos. <sighs> I yeah, see looking good. On the, end of it. The, the trainer has got dr sweat dripping from his head as he's holding from fear. <laughs> <laughs> and then the smell. But don't, have you seen the video where he just turns around and goes, I'm back, and just yeah. walks off? I was yeah. terrified. I was looking around the house. But, it, it, but he says, I'm back, like he wants to bite your nose off. And then yeah. you eat it and, like, and like eat one of your bodily organs or something like well, that. Ask Evander Holyfield. Apparently he's in line too. He's put his hand up. Far out, battle of the um, ages. The what an amazing like use of being able to go. Like he, he's still very able, but he's not saying he's coming back to you know join the world no. rankings of, of heavyweight. He's coming back and saying I want to. I still want to fight. I've still got a bit in me, but I want to do it for charity and I want to make sure it's it's respectable and respectful to the sport of boxing. And I you know I, I love that side of it because I seriously want to see him go again. And that's it, like, the, the, the names that have been thrown in the heart, like Sonny Bill Williams, which is apparently a speculation, Paul Gallon, Barry Hall. Barry Hall's come out and said it would be an absolute honour to share the ring with Mike Tyson. Oh. Um, Tyson Fury's dad, John Fury, he's come out, he said, I'm willing to die in the ring just to fight Mike Tyson, <laughs> who, of course, Tyson Fury's named after. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah he, he, named him, he named him after Mike Tyson. But, I mean, what, what gets in my head now is, okay, yes, We've seen little snippets of him on the bag and on the pads, and he looks ferocious. Like, you wouldn't even think about stepping. How much do you really think he has in a tank? Can he get, like, six rounds out, do you think? At do you want to test him? <laughs> at 53, would his head be entitled or, or wanting to take hits like it's going to take? Is, is, this, is this a good... I mean, we all want to see it, but is it a good idea? So, so picture this, right? And... Picture Mike Tyson jumping back in the ring, though, hypothetically, and he fights a few guys, and he comes up against Tyson Fury, and he wins the world championship, the world heavyweight <laughs> championship at, like, 55 years old. That's it, right. Like, Chris, that's, it, mate, it is. He's 17. 
Like it's crazy stuff. Um, and like to answer your question, Chris, I think he, I think his endurance is probably the biggest thing that he would have lost over the time. But the way he was punching that pad, mate, he only needs five seconds and he's going to knock out anyway. Even if you put a glove yeah. up to that, you, that's not going to help you. Hey. No. Can't his footwork and his movement and his power and his balance and everything just looks like it's never, ever left him. And yeah. it's, it's fucking frightening because we're talking about a natural-born killer. Like he, 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 he naturally and always wanted to really hurt someone and yeah. always had the ability to really hurt someone. And he hasn't lost it one little bit. Um, but like at 53 years old, you go, bro, Shouldn't he just kind of... But, but he's got scores to settle. He didn't go out yeah. the way he wanted to when he did retire first off. So he's got some scores to settle in the way of um, charity matches. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I sent uh, the message to my dad that today. Like he, he's always been obsessed with like old school boxing. And I was just like, do you see the video? What do you think? He goes, well, I'm not going to be the one that calls him gay for wearing bike pants while he was boxing. <laughs> <laughs> you see the way Tyson Fury trains for a fight. I know, that's what's just like, what, what, they're not in bike pants, they're in undies. Mate. Tyson like wears it. like the white saggy ones that are like, should have been retired months ago, like what Sash still wears. Hey, Sends me on. Does it, is Lennox Lewis going to come back, do you reckon? Oh, mate, be? I think they're all talking about coming back. George Foreman's talking well about. It. Yeah, George, George, George Foreman, George Foreman. Well, wasn't he the, isn't he the oldest person to hold a heavyweight title at 40, 42, 43? Something? Oh no, 50, he could have even been 50. When he held a heavyweight title, George. Are you just making shit up now? Yeah, no, I think he's he fifty, mate. Was he was? I think he was fifty. He's only forty-eight now, though, Carlo. <laughs> no. well, well, so many people have come out and said he probably shouldn't do it. Ricky Hatton came out and he said, "Look, I came back and it wasn't a good idea, and you know, it was for the wrong reasons." But he seems like he's found peace now. Maybe he should just leave it alone. But looking at him, wallop the fuck out of everybody that stands with a paddy. You know what him. though? It's, it's, it's made us all talk about boxing in a really positive light and people yeah. that probably would never have been encouraged to talk about boxing or been into it. And I reckon like my coach said it to me and he goes, mate, people that haven't probably picked up a set of gloves in forever, watched that video and just got so motivated to yeah. get back out. Like it was so inspiring to watch and just, it got me so excited. Hypothetically speaking, right? And I know they're all just names thrown around the hat and a lot of it's bullshit, if not all of it's bullshit. But if he does fight the likes of Paul Gallon, Barry Hall, Sonny Bill Never Williams. Happened. No, I know. But like, hypothetically, I think I know what you're going to say here. But what happens? Who, who, who's, who's, yeah. the, who's, who's in charge? Who's leading the, 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 the charge here to actually fight Mike Tyson out of those three? It'd be Sonny Bill, wouldn't it? Well, he's already turned around because it was Max, Max Markson that's behind the promoter from Melbourne yeah. who's been pushing it. And um, he put Sonny Bill Williams forward. He, Sonny Bill's been the only one who's actually commented and said that he wanted to fight. Both Barry Hall and Gal said, we've never even said we're going to. Like Barry Hall said, I, I'm, I'm super humbled to be asked to, to even be thrown around as a name to get put in. He goes, but in no way, shape or form would I survive that fight? Like, you know, he goes, he's modest and he knew his place. And so anyway, they threw out Sonny Bill's name as a serious contender that they wanted to bring him here, have this charity fight. And he was going to go tour Australia and do this, that and the other. And Tyson got wind of it. And he goes, what is it? He's a rugby player. He goes, no, it's embarrassing to boxing. And there's absolutely no way. He goes, if I'm coming out, doing it as a charity fight, I'm coming out and fighting a fighter. I'm not going to mm. fight a crossover sport. No. So, well, who would he fight then? The end. 
Mark Hunt, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I think I honestly think he's trying to bring others out of retirement. No, seriously, it'll be old school, settled, and as I said, just to sort of revive it. <laughs> I don't think Anthony Joshua would even survive in there. Well, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I hope it happens. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Are we going to reclaims the heavyweight title, and I hope he gets another couple of endangered tigers and walks around the streets <laughs> of New York. With hey, while we're talking about old boxing, um, I watched the other day the Mickey Ward and Arturo Gatta one fight. Has anyone seen that? Yeah. No, but you were watching the UFC on the weekend. Let's yeah. talk about that, Murder Island. Oh, well, yeah, it was, uh, that was, well, it was weird because I think the last fight deserved a crowd. Definitely. You know, the, the Ferguson-Gathy fight was unbelievable. And everyone uh, probably was going for Ferguson. Ferguson came out in the, in the first round, showed a few little slick moves, but, and he was putting Gathy on, on the back foot. And then Gathy just started just dominating. He, looks, he ended up looking really slow, Ferguson. He wasn't putting his punches together. Anyway, at the end of it, he's, uh, he's been stopped. And, and a great, an actual great decision by Herb Dean. But I think, you know, Ferguson, I heard stories he had to cut weight twice, you know, obviously because he was going to fight Khabib. And then, and then obviously that ended and he had to then uh, recut as well. But he, he looked in awful, awful condition in the, in the second and third round. And he absolutely got smacked about. I didn't I, get to I, watch I it. Oh, sorry, Chris, go. No, no, I was going to say, I, did, I didn't watch it because I've got too many kids. I can't afford to pay for that stuff anymore. <laughs> so um, I didn't watch it, but what I did see was some He's highlights. just plugging and get it for free. That's what he's around Please, please. Hashtag please. Fox to me. Help me, I'm bored. And, um, and, and I, I was looking at the, the, the images of him afterwards and the state of his face, and he had to go straight to hospital, I believe. But there was, there was one or two little bits afterwards, after the fight, when he's walked over and tried hugging Ferguson and he's just pushed him away. Yeah, yeah. Just like, no, get away from me. I, I thought that's a little bit shit sportsmanship. And then Khabib's um, little tweet afterwards, just two, just two simple words, no comment. You know what I mean? That's it. And, and now he's back in his feud with Conor McGregor again. So well, then them two are back in it. Like it was before it. So was it done by a choke out? Because wasn't that the big call? No, uh, which one? Khabib. Khabib, uh, yeah. Khabib McGregor. McGregor, yeah. McGregor, McGregor wasn't in, in the yeah. right headspace, and he, I think he did well. Was it an armbar or was it a choke? choke. It was a choke. A choke. Yeah. Do yeah. um, you think all the claims of it saying that it was Murder Island were true? Like, did you think that yeah. the fight got let to go on further than what it should have? Have you seen um, Ferguson's head? Yeah. Oh, today, it's... it's yeah, like, have you seen ours? Yeah, mine's horrible without getting thrown in the ring. But he's as like... He looks like a pumpkin. His head is absolutely... He's in yeah, hospital. He's got stitches. He's got black eyes. His ears are all buggered. He's, his head's swollen. Like, he literally looks like you, Carlo, right now. <laughs> hey, no moves in your house, crew, I'm telling you. Looks like he's head in a bee's nest. <laughs> I think if you've seen Ferguson... He's now, yeah, let me just clarify something. I had a massage last night. What um, kind of massage, mate? Happy. Yeah, or a proper one. Um, happy. happy ending. And um, the <laughs> hole that you put your head in, you're supposed to have the towel around it, but the towel must have slipped off my forehead. And then when she's pushing my head in, she's pushing my head into the seam of that little hole. Seam it. So it looks like I'm an <laughs> I've got a little red dot in my forehead. <laughs> so, she, so she's forcefully jamming your head into a hole while your towel's slipping off. Anything else you want to tell us about this <laughs> Her name was Russell. <laughs> That's my dad's name. She had strong Wasn't lately. <laughs> Russell, the love muscle. Wasn't uh, lately. Anyway, UFC. Great. <laughs>
That is all uh, some of the segments that we're talking about here on the Sport Project. We're going to be coming to you every Tuesday. You can follow us on Facebook and, of course, on Instagram at, at TSP Podcast. Now, there's uh, plenty more happening in the sporting world. We're getting so much closer to May 28, Carlo. The NRL is returning. That's right. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, a couple of stories out of the NRL this week. Like and I think Sassu's the- massage. I think the first <laughs> one, uh, we have to address uh, James Roberts. You know, yeah. Uh, he's gone into rehab. He's checked himself into rehab. Uh, and that's because of mental health and alcohol- alcoholism. Mm. Um, so, you know, we, we all wish him all the best going through it. And, and it's not his first time. I think it's his third, uh, third bout into, into rehab. So we do wish him all the best from all the crew at the sport project. Um, but again, I tell you half to Wayne Bennett, you know, supporting him and, and just giving him that father figure that yeah, I think he needs it this time. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've heard the stories, guys. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, look, he's, uh, it, it, like you say, it's not his first time. It's his third time. The other two times, he took himself off to Thailand just to really escape everything and, and you know, try and get his head right for whatever reasons. He suffers with depression and anxiety, and, and that in turn led into alcoholism. So it, it's, it's a, a lethal combination. But you know what? Credit to Wayne Bennett for once again supporting him. He did the same things with him at the Broncos. Yeah, he had to check himself in there too, and Wayne Bennett supported him. He then took him from the Broncos to the Bunnies, where he's at now, and he supported him again. So hats off to him, but also hats off to James Roberts. It's not easy to accept and admit these things to yourself, and the fact that he's mm-hmm. gone by himself and checked himself in is is really commendable. Yeah, um, I- yes, you you would love to see him playing in the opening rounds, but his mental health and his his, his personal health is way yeah, more important than any yeah. game of rugby league. So uh, and hats I- off to him. And then through this certain time as well with the isolation, we, we all know how tough it has been. You know, who would have thought staying at home for, for six weeks? And if you're a sporting person and that's your outlet, you know, it's going to be very difficult yeah. to, to stay. Yeah, I look, I think at the end of that, it comes down to what a lot of people have been struggling with. I know I almost checked myself in at the, at the start, if I'm going to be brutally honest and open. Um, I had a really couple of tough weeks and it, it was identity, um, too much time, lots of time to think, not having any sort of purpose. Um, and that to me, like that was my personal adventure, I guess. And that's, I know for a fact, a lot of people are on that same bandwagon. It was, yeah, just not having things to check off and not having things to go to and not having things to do, no routine. And then all of a sudden you just get lost in your own mind and it becomes a real battle that becomes really hard to sort of get out of as well too. And then obviously, you know, you head to things like alcohol if that's the way you're inclined. Yeah, of course. And I, th- and I think this is where the media has to be really responsible in the fact that, you know, the professional rugby league players, yes, but it's still the job. And, yeah. you know, for yourself, Renee, it's still a job. So people still have feelings and emotions of yeah. being cooped up like this with, with nowhere to go or not being able to do. For some people, they believe the only thing that they can do to support their family. And all that the media want to do is jump down their throats because they're complaining about pay cuts or yeah. they're complaining about immunizations or they're complaining about whatever else. They're still human beings at the end of the day and they've still got responsibilities and stresses with life. Mm-hmm. So I think instead of jumping down the throat and being complete assholes in some ways, which they are, a little bit of compassion about this time of year, is, um, or especially right now, is what, we, is what we genuinely need. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I think the media's got a lot to answer for. And you've sort of seen that. I don't know if you've seen the last couple of episodes of Michael Jordan's The Last Dance. 
um, and how they've drove, you know, him into, um, you know, retirement and other bits and pieces as well. So, um, you know, all the best to um, all the best to the big fella, and hopefully he gets the help he needs and he gets back bigger and stronger than ever. He, he played Origin two thousand eighteen, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's been a big boy, good looking fella too. Get around him. He's a he can't run. <laughs> he's can't an exceptional shoot. player, an exceptional player. And again, his performance will come down to his uh, his men- mental well being. So, uh, we wish him all the best. The next thing that's come out of the NRL crew is that is the rule changes. Mm. So, if you're not aware of what's going on, uh, the NRL obviously having two refs, it's gonna it's gonna change to what a single ref. Good. Which everyone's going on. It's a major restructure. Well, no, not really. That's how we did it in the start. And everyone's complaining, saying the, the rook's going to be a lot slower. Well, no, it's not, because the main referee still has a whistle and there's a video referee in his ear. So I can't see that having a, a massive change. And if you look at the international games, I think they've been brilliant to watch with one referee. I think the game flows a lot better. So well, I, I mean, even with, the, even with the international ruling, you can still throw a punch and not be suspended for it. So I'm all, I'm all for bringing that back as Excellent. well. Excellent. <laughs> like bring all the international rules in that'd be and great let, and let mike tyson play in round one too <laughs> can you could you imagine that he could probably fucking do that too couldn't he, he could probably play rugby league as well bless him well, what uh, position would you put him in chris eh? what position Whatever would you put him in wanted to play renee whatever he wanted to play. <laughs> you just like Captain, you coach. take the ball do what you want you can run out there and be by yourself mate if you want fuck whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys make of it? like sort of the players that are sort of standing up and saying no I don't want to inject anything it's my body it's my choice it sort of mm. brings in that whole anti-vaxxing situation and players sort of now being stood down unless they have a medical reason to not have it I I think it's up to everyone's um, individual right to be able to choose whether or not they want to be immunized uh, that's just my personal view on it I think you can't force someone to have the flu shot you can't force someone yeah. to do that you know with with things like immunizing your kids as um, when they're you know newborn and all the rest I think that's just sensible to do that so you know for survival um, but when you get a bit older and you can make those decisions yourself with simple things I know, like the flu I've never shot. had a flu shot. No, no, neither I just... have I. And it's like my work saying, Stash, if you want to be employed still, you have to have a flu shot. I just Do you think that's, that's where it's going to come to? It's going to come back to everyone else as well as sport that we're all going to have to get immunized before we go back to work? But it, I don't know. Nothing's changed. Sorry, things have changed. But in terms of coronavirus, there's, they haven't got a vaccine for coronavirus. No. The flu's been around no. for years and years and yeah. years. There's different strands of it. Every year there's different strands that come out. So... I don't understand why they're saying, okay, now you need to get immunized for the flu. You have to do it. Otherwise you can't play it. Just yeah, for me, it doesn't make corona sense. That they're immunizing for. I'm not, I'm not sure the problem is the players that are standing up and say they're refusing to be immunized. It's the fact that they also won't sign a waiver. So they're refusing to sign the waiver if they don't have the flu jab. And that's where the, um, that's where the confusion's coming in. And that's where the NRL has said, well, look, you can't have it all your own way. You have the flu mm. jab or you sign the waiver. And so what does a waiver encounter? I, I'm sorry, I'm probably not if, quite savvy across that today. If, if they were to come down with the flu or anything COVID-19 affected that could have been um, prevented, stopped by this, this flu jab, then it's, it's at their own fault. It's, it's, they're mm-hmm. at their own risk. So, think, yeah. and, and what they will do, they will take actions then to remove them from everybody else. So right. they would not contaminate anybody else. But that, I mean, but that's what everyone that, should happen anyway. If you get the flu, or yeah. the, I had a cold the other week. I wasn't even allowed to go to work. Like that's weird for me. I'm like, well, I'll turn up whenever. 
Mm. In a way, though, that's the way it should be, Renee, really. Yeah, 100%. But you get made to feel bad from employers for turning up. Unless you're (laughs) dying, you turn up. I think think no one, if anyone feels unsafe, they should never, you shouldn't be forced to do whatever you want. I think with what Sash was just saying then, it's, it's a bit difficult sometimes because we're talking about you contracted and you're a part of a team environment. So if you were, if you were a golfer or a tennis player, 100%, I, I agree with you, Sash. But in the team environment where potentially if you get ill, you could contaminate a lot of people. There's a lot of vision, and I, I'm kind of on the same. <laughs> I can already hear Sasha's head ticking down there. What, what, you're, you just kind of flicked it just then when Carlo said that. So well, you've just, obviously I, got something I'm to just, add there, Sasha. Personally, I'm just on the fence with it. I think I understand from a from a legit from like a team environment, but I also it's, it's your own opinion. If you've been brought that way, then it's your liberty to to, to say no. I'm not going to do it. So I'm torn a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, look, I agree with you and I disagree. So I know you see me when I'm doing this podcast. I've got this beautiful office that I'm in here, but I'm actually in a massive team environment. I've got about 20 people in this office. I've got people all around me. But again, it's my personal preference to choose whether or not I get that flu shot. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you're getting a flu shot for one strand. Like I said before, there's thousands of strands out there. It's not going to protect you from all of it. You know, I think I had my flu shot once. When I did have the flu shot once, I got sick. I haven't yeah, had it I'm since. Just, I'm just saying, I'm just I haven't had it since, and I haven't been sick. And get around me, I'm just cut like a picnic lunch. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, if you've seen photos, yeah, if you check out the daily you now, actually, you, see. you actually know that's not true. Um, looks like I've been in a good paddock for a while. Um, but at the end of the day, Carly, like you know, golf and tennis, you still got your caddy, you still got people around you. Like I, I just think it's you still got teams, yeah. Mm. And I think what it boils, uh, I think what it's actually now boiling down to is the fact that. This game is way bigger than one or two players that has taken an individual stand and not having a flu jab. They're saying, look, this game pretty much going forward depends on the survival of the whole thing. So we're not going to allow six or seven people from various clubs who just say they don't want to have the jab and they don't want to sign the waiver. If that's the case, that's fine. This is still a job. This is still a work. And within those rules and regulations, you're required to do one or the other. And yes, I think, and what it boils down to is there's a hierarchy that make the big decisions and you've got to either abide by it or step on because someone else is already somebody's well, well willing to take your place. Yeah, but the, I think um, Darius Boyd is, uh, from day dot just said, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm not even doing the hub thing. Like he's just gone, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm not putting my well, safety. Well, look at, look at his position. He, he retires at the end of the year. Now he's, fa- now he's forced to do all of these things. If... I'm not overly sure if he refuses flat that they can, I don't know the legal standings around his contract, whether they can just not pay him out or whatever. Or if he's just thinking, well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm just going to sit on my ass here right now, refuse to do that because it's not part of my contract. And there's arguments to and from which in a court could be seen both ways. And, And by the time it comes to them making a decision, he's already been paid his contract and he's retired. I guarantee you there'll be something in his contract because it's the same, you know, I deal with a lot of contracts across construction um, and there will be something in his contract that says you have to perform other duties as required. Mm. Um, and that would fall under that category, I, I would say. So, I, you know, Darius Boyd has been rubbish for years anyway, so let him retire. What, what do you mean perform other things? Did he give you the massage? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I hope so. I'd get another bloody red dot in me forward for that. Just, just wrapping this up though, you got to remember in any employment law, you cannot. If you feel unsafe, then you've got every right not to not to go to work or not to attend your place of work. Bothered. Yeah. 
So, bothered, bothered. Anyway, hey, speaking of injections, though, it hasn't so just been talk. in rugby league. Carlo, shut up, mate. We're just, over it. We've just, moved on. Carlo no. needs a hot beef injection. Got <laughs> <laughs> plenty of that, don't you? <laughs> mate, isolation's been good for me. <laughs> and it has. Obviously, you're an oxygen thief nowadays. Sasha, you were talking about injections in another realm. Um, yeah. But it was a positive drug test in a really different sport where we probably weren't thinking it was going to happen. Yeah. Look, um, I was searching the internet today for um, constructive things. And when <laughs> I come across um, this one, it sort of, uh, you know, I was a bit perplexed. So MotoGP Italian rider Andrea Lanoni, I think that's how you pronounce it over there in um, Italia. Um, look, he's been banned for 18 months after testing positive to a drug test. Now in my mind, I'm thinking, MotoGP, they're like jockeys, right? So they, they're quite small. Yeah, they have to have a fair level of fitness. But if this bloke's on, you know, he's on the roids, he's on the testosterone, trying to get massive and large for MotoGP, I just don't understand the true reason for that. And like, my question to you guys is, have you guys come across any other weird sports where you think, why is that, Why have they been taking drugs? It's not required for that sport. Is why that? do you take drugs? <laughs> I don't. I don't take is, drugs. Is it? Uh, yeah, I'm well, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you forgot you steroids in that last piece. I'm going to skip you off this one. What, what's he been charged with taking? Do we know? Uh, look, I didn't say, but I'm assuming it's something like testosterone. Oh, yeah, they, they alluded to it, but all they had to say was that it was a positive drug test. So they're, they're under water as well too, which basically means you can't use needles. Um, and then obviously anything that's on the ban list. And they alluded to the fact that he had used needles. Um, right. So MotoGP have had a huge drama with drug testing over the last couple of years. I think in 2018, it sort of blew up a little bit because <clears throat> one rider was saying that he was getting checked at six in the morning, three or four times. And then another rider came out and said he hadn't even been checked um, in three years. So as soon as you're registered underwater, you have to literally every month put a diary in and say where all your movements are and they can literally rock up to your house a dirty weekend away with your missus at 6am, whatever it is, and knock on your door and ask you to pay in a jar. That's basically so they can finish what it, it is. What was that? It's a bit so like so you they can finish it. your missus off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, it's a bit like you can let them in so they can hey, wait. So. Registered sex offender after reporting everything. Have month. you ever finished your missus off, mate? They'd always be waiting to test you. <laughs> Couple of kids, Me? Mate. That means right. you finish, <laughs> not her. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey... Oh, I'm, so, oh, I'm sorry, babe. I didn't mean that. Rio Ferdinand got done for not. Um, they turned up at his door, and he just went. He, he just went. I'm not doing it. And he got banned for like nine months. Rio Ferdinand. Nine Who's, months. He? Who's that? Does he play chess? Does he? No, he, he used to play Manchester United. Manchester United. Oh, he got yeah. banned for. He missed the World Cup. I'm sure. Because of it. Cool story. That's because he was off his chops, mate. Of course he's not going to do it. chops like it, a vegetarian. He'd have got banned for a lot longer if he'd have done the test. It's been about three and a half years for what he had in him. Well, speaking about UK sports, Carlo, that's pretty much something that you always cover. There's been a fair bit going on there at the moment. Quite a few mixed emotions with players. Some saying that our game is not what needs to be used to build morale because it should be about saving lives and worrying about our yeah. uh, first responders. And others just want to get back out there. 
Yeah, well, everyone's well, they're pushing for June, the first week in June, to start the games again. Like I said, these, each Premier League side has got nine or ten games to go. And poor Liverpool are 25 points ahead. But the, the players are coming out and saying, listen, we're not going to play if we, we don't feel it's 100% safe. Now, we're, it's a little bit different to like it is in Australia. Over the UK, there's been horrific numbers uh, of people dying with the COVID-19. So, again, the players are going, well, if I'm not feeling safe, if we're not feeling safe, then, you know, we're not, we're not, going, to, we're not going to accept this going back in the first week of June. It's going to be hard because there's going to be no promotion. There's potentially, it could be voided uh, the season. And no promotion, no champions, no relegation. Um, and, like I say, Paul Liverpool, 25 points ahead. What an absolute travesty that would be. Uh, all the other scouts are going crazy. I've just got a quick question. Have you got like a list of the players that are refusing to say if they're safe? Is is it because you know we've we've got a, a a bit of a a bit of a ladder here? You've got the the guys at the top getting paid five hundred thousand pound a week. They can that can just turn around and go. Well, do you know what? No, I don't feel safe, so I'm not going to play. I don't need the money. I'll play next season. I've already got a contract. And then you've got the younger kids that are up and coming that do need the money and do need the game time. Yeah. They're really chomping at the bit. So I'd, I'd just be keen to know as like who's voicing the opinion about not being safe. So Raheem Sterling's come out and said that. Uh, Danny Rose has come out and said that. Mm. Um, and they're the two that have, have really uh, been quoted in, in, yeah. in everything that I've read. Uh, they're just clearly saying there's a lot more to this. There is... Again, you got to remember we're talking about massive budgets, people who can afford to isolate a full squad over a period of time. So they can do it. Uh, um, but it's all over the show. Even the UK Super League, there is no signs of that coming back anytime soon. So um, even though the UK uh, soccer's put the hand up and said, listen, we're, we're aiming for the first week in June. The UK Super League, there's no murmurs out of them when they're going to start. So there's, there's lots going on and you've got to applaud probably Peter Valandis and, and everyone at the NRL to, 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 to put this in a position. But again, it's not apples with apples. Australia, we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're I mean, in we're in more situation. of a position where we can put people in like these hubs or these pods or move people to state to state. You've got places yeah. like it with the soccer. I don't know whether it's going to be even more difficult but I know with the F1 at the moment we've been talking a, a fair bit about how I mean you've got Italians you've got Englishmen you've got Germans and they're, they're all from all over the world so it's not like you can exactly pick a spot where they're hmm. sort of going to go into Sasha I know you sort of mentioned um, before the show that you you were looking into a bit of the F1 stuff was there something that struck out with you there um, look to be totally honest just that it's starting soon in Austria that's it. What about uh, what, um, no, what about, what about you put it down in show notes that you wanted yeah. to talk about the F one and that's yeah, literally all you want to offer. Yeah. yeah, because it was it said something about behind closed doors. They wanted to start um, in Austria. Well, there's, there's, there's a rumor. There's a rumor Daniel Ricciardo will be joining Ferrari at the end of the season because yep. Sebastian Vettel's ready to there's walk. There's some huge reshuffles yep. going on, isn't there? Yeah, because there's going to be huge. Uh, apparently, Sebastian Vettel is renegotiating his contract, and they're not going to pay him what he wants to be paid. So. Um, yeah, it could be a good opening for Ricardo. I don't think he's going well at Renault there and he needs to be in a good car and yeah, well, show his true potential. His car's crap. Just keeps on breaking. If he, if he yeah. goes in that car, I saw him on that Raya dating app recently and I swiped on him just in the hope. And what, do you, what happened? Nothing. DM him. DM him. They're just going... Swipe, Imagine swipe, that. Swipe. Nothing. 
How good would that be? Can you take me to the F1 in Monaco if you do? Absolutely. Lady? We're going we're gonna go and just have an absolute rip story. Just, just say this is my um younger, younger brother and he's gonna carry <laughs> our bags for us. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking exactly the same. <laughs> you would do yes. <laughs> hey, but I tell you what, there's, there's, we've, had, we've had a lot of depressing news, haven't we? Do you know, like yeah. we have, Chris, Roberts bring us back. And and there's like there's no sport in the UK. Raheem Sterling's crying about earning six hundred thousand a week. Poor bastard. <laughs> and then you know you get everything else, and rugby union is pretty much extinct. Horse oh, racing okay. isn't. Horse racing no, it's is not. still going and it's going solidly. Jeez. I had a wonderful what? chat with Jason. My betting account's not. You're not sending me tips. I've asked you every weekend. I know. Nothing. I've been. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm part of two punters clubs that I've really got to. Um, I've really got to knuckle down and do some research. So much so that my partner that's in the gyms with me said, "If you, if you like." approached your gyms the way you approach your gambling then he said you'd be fucking taking on fitness first but he said uh, you just don't but uh, anyway there's uh the, the good 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 and including the, the training too have a go at him he's quiet he's quiet you got you got swollen pretty quick sash didn't you right. my head it's about it yeah before it's it's hemorrhoids. move to the gold coast sit on a few needles <laughs> You should see the tribal tattoo I've got, the Malu Ute, the jet ski. My missus has got big old fake biddies and everything. You That's a lie, I don't have a missus. No, no. no but <laughs> Just the, want to clear it up. The horse racing is going really well. The Goodwoods this week at um, Flemington. Um, no news as yet on golf when it's going to restart. There's still speculation that if it does restart, it will be the same circumstances as everybody else behind closed doors. No media, no fans, no anybody there. The golf courses do open up at midnight tonight. You are that excited. Listen, <gasps> it's 8.06 p.m. here in Melbourne right now while we're, while we're recording this. I'm going to be going out to a driving range in floodlights by about 10 p.m. And I could tee off at about quarter past 12 in the morning. And I'm thinking about... Uh, I reckon you know, Sarah, your partner, is way more excited about you going out to that golf course than you are. No, 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 because I'm really hands-on with the kids and I've been doing lots around oh. the house. And now, now, she's, now she's thinking mummy's holiday's over. And she'd be oh. right. And she's right. She's <laughs> correct. <laughs> Female sport hasn't stopped. <laughs> Carla, that's a highly derogatory comment. And I, I hope the... I love all you women I'm going right. to give her a run on his Instagram and you can send him... Just absolutely names. hammer him there. Well, that uh, we're almost through the show. As I said, that there's not a huge amount of sport happening at the moment, but it is starting to come back. It's starting to show a little flutter. Obviously, the racing's keeping us going. Here on the Sport Project, you can follow well, us on our podcast. Um, it's happening, obviously, on here on the podcast, but also on Instagram at TSP Podcast. And you can follow all of us as well, too. We'll take you on the journey around with us. But it's the last segment. It's a new one which we've started up after playing around with a few ideas on how to wrap our show up. It is Carlo leading the if, who, and what. Yes. So, what does that mean? So, well, if you was here last week, you would have known. Bah! Of that. Um, she was working, Carlo. What did you just oh, say? Thank was you, that, Sasha, was that English? You. So, what we're going to do now is if, who, and what. If you could go on a two day bender with anyone, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Who would it be? What did you just say? Why? What's a bender? If I go on a two-day bender with anyone, who would it be and why? 
Yeah, from the mm. past or the present. Do you want to explain oh, that to people out there, listeners? Because I'm, you know, really innocent. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. So if you would go on the hit and miss for two days. Don't know what that is. Choose piss. past or uh, present. And why would you choose them? So you're going to go on the piss uh, for two days and not come home. That, who yeah. would it be? Well, I first and foremost, on, I would on. actually happily drink with you guys for three days. I would actually be really excited oh. about that. Oh, that's yeah. really um, yeah. We've done it before and we almost died and it was fine. Um, <laughs> Do you know, I, um, I, I had a brief encounter. It didn't go for two days, but it was a good few beers and a good laugh. Robbie Williams. Oh, what? I, I, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. That's the best elaborate. name drop ever. Had a, elaborate had, a, on that? Had, a, had a night out with him and it was just brilliant. You can't have one. Got, there's got to be more details into this. Yeah, 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 take us on the journey. Yeah. Take us on the journey. We'll talk to you about that one offline, yeah. mate. No, yeah. put the ball on the tee. Give oh, us something. Yeah. But, but honestly, two, two nights with that legend would be phenomenal. But I mean, not now. Now he's reformed and, and not drinking. Yeah, yeah. So were you, were you on two nights drink with him? No. When he no, was... no, no. It was just one. Just one. And was he reformed or? No. He said he was. He said he was, but he really wasn't. All right, Sash, have you got one? Um, look, I want to actually genuinely go out with Dan Bilzerian. I want to know that oh. if his image that he portrays on Instagram is genuinely what he does. That's right, that's my okay. only curiosity. I want to see if he's you know if he's doing what he does and then he's in bed by ten thirty and locks himself in a room with no women, or he literally goes for four days. What would you? So women. would you rather? So, oh, so, so I, let me clear this up. Hey. Let me clear this up. Do you, um, you want to be you, just you and Dan Blitzerian or do you want the full entourage? I just want to, I just want to go. So Dan goes, oh, Sash, I'm having a party. Come around. It's a two-day bender. Let's, let's hook in. And I go, righto, I'll come around. I love how he's put a time cap on it. It's going to be two days, Sash. That's Strap it. yourself in, son. <laughs> two days. Two more sleeps till Christmas, but it's February. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Carlo? Yeah, I would. I said it last week, but I don't think you can get away from this bloke. He would be hilarious. I would go with Paul Gascoigne. Ooh. I think Paul I Gascoigne, that, that he would, would get messy. Oh, but some of the stories, I listened to the stories on one of the podcasts that Ali McCoy still used to play at Rangers. And the stories he used to say, he went, he borrowed my car once and it came back and it was stinking of fish. Stinking of fish. Anyway, so he was looking, he looked at the engine, he's seeing the fish on the on the engine, so he took it, took it out away. He said, my, my car still stinks. What he'd done is he took two panels off inside and put two fish in the panels in the car. Oh, <laughs> find it, but they found it full of maggots. In, oh, you know, you uh, another one, you know another one, Chris, um, and your mates with him, and I just see a lot. No, of, wait, I, don't, I haven't finished mine. Oh, I haven't even soz, had mine yet, and you could be soz. stealing mine, and so I just, feel just like quick, that's just the direction quickly, you're going quickly, right now. Um, no, Renee, Dale, Daisy, I'm going on a bender with Daisy. No, 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 it wasn't what oh, I was going to say, but yeah. just what I was going to say was your face when Carl men- uh, Carlos mentioned um, Paul Gascoigne was like, uh, do you know who Paul Gascoigne is? No. Chris. I'm not Paul. It was directed at you. I'm Chris. It was directed at I you, know Renee. Oh, that was asked at me. Yeah. I know who he is. No, no, I've got no idea who he is. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, go. So Dale Thomas. <laughs> okay. Nice one. So Dale Thomas. Want to elaborate? <laughs> <laughs> Carla just spoke about him for about an hour, but yep. Dale yeah. Swan's pretty good. 
I was going to talk about the same. One, but it was actually, we were talking about it last week because some guy mates of mine sent me a, it was like a quote that came out from Dane Swan and it was about him. I think Daisy had outed him and had said, you used to turn up and try and pretend you were the most um, <laughs> <laughs> professional bloke at the club on a recovery session uh, like, and not our kind of recovery after a party session. It was, you know, when the boys have to turn up after a game, do their pool work or do their stretching and this, that and the other. And Dane Swan would walk around with a Powerade and it was actually UDL in there as well too. And well, Daisy sort of backed it because we both hit him up. And I was like, and he'll come out and say it because I said, can I ever bring this up? And don't so, you know, didn't you ask him on that, Chris? I yeah, did. and so did I, I. Um, I was talking to him at the same time. And he's just I'm, like, maybe he's too I messaged Swanee about it. So he says, um, Dale Thomas, so Swanee's come out about someone, you know, being accredited for being such a professional. And Daisy's come out and said, like, you pioneering UDLs in Powerade bottles at recovery sessions on a Sundays and being praised for being professional. So I messaged Swanee and I said, please tell me all of this is true. And he wrote back to me, he said, it's actually vodka in the Gatorade so I could keep my buzz while on the bike at recovery so I could go back to the party that I'd just left. He said, mind you, I did have to hang onto that Powerade bottle pretty fucking tightly. <laughs> well, he, he went on to say that another one of my mates went no he actually met one of these boys in vegas and they became friends because that's what you do when you're on a vegas bender and they walked up to the desk and went we want all the beds removed from our rooms in in vegas because we're not going to be sleeping so if you could just remove them so we have heaps more room for activities so that's who i would be putting in my list for a two-day shenanigan basically Oi. I agree. And look, I'm going to put it out there. Chris, do you reckon we can get Swanee on the show next week just to um, ask him a couple of questions? I'm sure you'd uh, oblige. Ask him. So I, I spent a lot of time with Swanee in the jungle when we did the TV of show. Of course. And there was, um, I, I would ask him all kinds of questions and, and, you know, nothing really raised or lowered his enthusiasm. It was pretty monotone all the way through. And I thought something has to really piss this guy off or something has to really excite him. And we stumbled across the topic of end of season footy dues and his big smile came to his face and his eyes went as wide as they possibly could be. And then we got on to about the trips in, in Las Vegas that they used to do. And now they would go on a bender and, and they went on a bender for a couple of days and he had this massive big room in, in Las Vegas and they hired a tattoo artist to sit in the corner and tattoo people while they're off the chops. And he said... <laughs> Yeah, and he said, this guy said all, all kinds of fucking tattoos were going on. And, and, and in the end, they had to kick him out because people were just getting too ridiculous. He said, <laughs> mate, you're going to have to leave. And, and that's just one of the, that's, that's a cleaner story that he's got. So if oh, we do yeah. get him on the show, then um, I'm sure he'll tell you all about it. How did he go with his GoFundMe page for his bender? Oh, he, he probably would have gone all right. <laughs> like, like people buy into the shit that he does. Hey, he's, he's so he's genuine. Loved, yeah, I love him. Yeah, he's just, he's just so honest. He's just so completely brutally honest. <laughs> well, I love brutal honestly, and Sasha just gave that back to me because I was trying to give you guys the wrap up because we are hitting the time where we are running out of and we're actually just floundering around with Bender Chat now. So it's not really sport chat. Uh, we, as we said, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram at TSP Podcast. It is the Sport Project with Carlo, Chris, Sasha, and myself, Renee, as well. Too, we're going to be talking all things sports. We are almost back, gents, and we're actually going to be watching sport, and we can talk more about it. But thank you so much for joining us tonight, and we will see you next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Absolutely. See you guys. <laughs>